Hey everyone, I'm Josh. And I'm Dan. And you found your way to the Last Vestige podcast. Named after a music store we went to in college to dig through cheap and used CDs in search of new music, each episode will take a deep dive into an album front to back. We'll share our thoughts on the music and whatever other interesting stuff we can dig up on the album, the artist, or anything else we come up with. No music theory or music experience is necessary, and no recording or genre is off limits. So whether you're making your living as a musician or just looking for a conversation to put on in the background, we hope you'll find something here for you. What started as an excuse for Dan and I to call each other and geek out on music became an excuse for us to start a podcast. Welcome to Last Vestige. Today we're looking at the album 30 by Adele. It's her fourth full album, her others being 19, 21, and 25. She's been nominated for 18 Grammys and won 15 of them. In 2012, Adele became the second female artist to win six awards in one night. At the time of recording, Adele is one of three artists to have won all four general Grammys, which is Album of the Year, Best New Artist, Record of the Year, and Song of the Year throughout her careers. Uh, In short, y'all probably know a lot more about her than we do, so we're just going to jump into the episode now. So, we're looking at 30 by Adele today. We are looking at 30 by Adele. This album was my choice, and here's how we got here. So, I wanted to do something new within this year, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do something that you know, I hadn't really listened to, hadn't really dug into at all. And aside from Adele singles, I have never listened to Adele recreationally. I've never sat through a whole Adele album. But that wasn't what made me choose Adele. I actually was just in the car and said, I think I said, like, hey, Siri, play me the hits. (laughs) Play top hits or something like that and music just started and i went through a couple of songs and then oh my god by adele came on all right and driving down the road i was like okay you know it started and it sounded like an adele song and then it kicked into the drums and the drums had a pretty good feel to it and i was like huh i'm kind of grooving to this i would be interested to see what a whole album not necessarily of this but what the rest of an album with this song on it would be like. But I was like, okay, let's let's give this a try. And I know that took you by surprise. Yeah. It wasn't really what I expected to go with, but it's what I went with. And I'm not disappointed we did this album, but this album was not what I expected it to be. No. Yeah, I don't want to say I'm, I'm not disappointed either. I will say this album was... I've listened to like very little Adele. I realized there was one song of hers that I could hum just offhand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rumor has it. That was it. Okay. Rumor has it is catchy. Rumor has it is catchy. I realized at one point after listening to this that I, like, if you asked me to hum most of her big singles, I couldn't. Okay. Just, I I know they exist, but I had never really gone in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I was surprised, but I guess I just wasn't sure what you were going to pick at all so (laughs) i that was kind of the interesting thing about this one was i had no idea what i was going to (laughs) pick that's kind of the point of this and i think for my next album choice i'm going to go with an album that i objectively love just to keep mixing it up yeah 
because I, I want to keep going kind of back and forth in that way. But this actually helped me. It pushed me to go back through Adele's whole catalog. And so as, as we open this episode, I will say I listened to 30. Then all I right. listened, I jumped back and listened to all of her other albums once. So I went back to 19, listened to 21, listened to 25, then came back and listened through 30 a few more times. Um, yeah, for you... various reasons. I listened to it myself. I put it on and listened to it with my wife. You kind there of were... went back through a couple times. I was surprised. Yeah. I mean, I more did, than we was... usually do. Yes. I did go through more than we usually do. And my feelings changed a little bit from that. I still right. have the overarching feeling of I personally wasn't a huge fan and won't be listening to this album again. It's definitely yeah. not finding its way into my regular rotation. I'm not going to buy the vinyl. But there are some things about this album that I get more having to right. do it. But before we get into that, just a recap of some songs that might jog memory for you. Mm-hmm. Off of 19, the only song that I recognized was called Chasing Pavements. Nope. And it, if you listen to it, it'd probably be really familiar to you. It definitely was familiar to me. It's from 2008. Or the album was from 2008. From 21, we had Rolling in the Deep, Set Fire to the Rain. Yeah, I, I remember those songs, but I couldn't hum a melody if you like put money on it. Yeah, that's understandable. So, but I, whole album overview, my thoughts on it are that of all the albums, this is not Adele's best album. All right. I found 21 to be really good. As okay. far as the catalog of Adele music goes, there were some things on there that I really liked. But at the same time, I noticed the things that I really liked about it were because they almost sounded like carbon copies of other things that I really enjoy, but with <laughs> Adele's voice on them. Which her voice is great. It is. She like that part. Yes. She is very gifted and very talented. I cannot say that enough. But there's a song on there that sounds like These Words by Natasha Bedingfield. There's a song on there that sounds like it could entirely be backed up by the Tedeschi Trucks Band. <laughs> who I, right. I love Tedeschi Trucks Band. Derek Trucks is awesome, but that's not what this episode's about. Yeah. <laughs> Her vocals even sound a little Susan Tedeschi on it with that kind of soulful, smoky blues singer feel. All right. So that's 21. 25 was okay. It was like, it felt like a good evolution from 21. There was some more production on it. And it felt like she had even more confidence in using her voice to its full extent. All right. I didn't really mention, but 19 is the most stripped down of all of them. I don't think there's much, if any, piano on the whole album. It's actually more guitar driven with okay. acoustic or kind of jazz box, jazz guitar, like direct to an amp, clean guitar sound, maybe a little reverb. Maybe it, it dirties up a little bit, but not much at all. Similar to the guitars on this album. Okay. But like I said, no piano, maybe light strings here and there. Yeah. And then we have 30. And I feel like this album is music Adele needed to make from the personal therapy standpoint. Yes, I have a note about that. And I'm sure 
this album is good in pieces, not necessarily all the way through, but pieces of this album are good for very specific people in very specific situations or feeling a very specific way. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not bad. Yeah. But when you're not in that place, this album is a downer. Oh my gosh. Yes. It is. Like, I get writing pain into music. That's a thing that people do. Oh, yeah. It's never been my favorite thing to listen to, especially back to back. Yeah. On Apple Music, it gives a write-up for some albums, especially mm-hmm. lately Zane Lowe does interviews with artists that come out with new albums, and it'll show some clips or some like quotes from the interview. Okay. And she did say that she had a thought of maybe, maybe I shouldn't release this album. Yeah. She said, maybe, maybe I do something else. Maybe I record another album. And this, this one was just for me. Maybe I should write another. And I can feel that vibe on the album. It definitely has that therapy feel to it. It's very vulnerable. It's at times very raw, but it also does things that I personally am not a fan of in music because they feel cliche. You know, when somebody does something that you know is true and genuine and they mean it out of the goodness of their heart or out of the honesty of their heart, but it just doesn't appear that way yes yeah 100 the spoken word stuff on this album comes across that way to me in one track she uses a voice memo yep that she very genuinely recorded to herself and she she uses some audio of her talking to her son and it just feels a little cliche and almost loses some of the the genuine feeling of it Especially when the rest of the album doesn't have that. It's only on one, maybe two tracks. Whereas like if you did a whole concept album that does that sort of thing, it would feel more cohesive. I feel like your brain would settle into that space better instead of it just being a a one-off. Yeah. I think there's a bunch of things on the album that come across like that. I was reading in Hold On. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a chorus bit and it's like her friends. Okay. But either her friends are really good singers or I couldn't tell that it was just like normal people. Hmm. At which point, like, what's the point? You're just kind of talking about it to add in a cool detail that doesn't. If you're going to do cool details, make them come across musically. Agreed. Let it be raw. Strip it out. Maybe keep the room reverb or add some distance between the people in the mic so it has more of that like party feel yeah and some things on this album are really i don't want to say underproduced like a big one is in easy on me mm-hmm. in the chorus she hits like a b flat as part of the trill that i've seen it pointed out that it's like almost 50 cents sharp like it's it's not quite in the next note but it's almost there <laughs> hmm. And, you know, one of the big points is like, oh, you could have fixed that. And it's so good that they left it and it's human. But I came away from this album feeling like it's so overproduced. I felt that way, too, in a way where the the instruments specifically feel like they're drowned out. It's like they were almost walled off from your attention. 
Yes. Adele sits very, very forward in the mix, which makes sense because it's an album that bears her name. I get that. Yeah, and And she's a a great singer and you want to show that off. Yes, most definitely. But a thing I noticed more on this album than on the others, there's some of it on the others, but I feel like instrumentalists were allowed to shine on the others more than they were on this album. Yeah. Previous albums had cool little fills or moments or little solos in them. Uh, I actually had a note on 21. Mm -hmm. I said that she does a cover of Love Song by The Cure that is all acoustic. It sounds, it's great. It has a cool little acoustic solo. And I noted that it's rare to see any kind of a solo other than a vocal solo on Adele albums. But it, mm-hmm. I think, adds nice depth. And then mm-hmm. I also said 25 had standout musical moments. The instruments had more room to shine. Yeah. Whereas on this album, I didn't get that. There are some times where the bass had some really good grooves. Yeah. But it is just buried. Yeah, there's one song I felt like where it really kind of came out. And I will call that out in my notes because I, I don't remember which one it is offhand. But yeah, it's buried. It's filtered, so you only hear like the lowest part of it while still being able to like distinguish notes. It's And honestly, I think you're right. He has some good fills. But listening to this whole album like front to back, one, I didn't even do that. I had to take a break. I can only listen to so many ballads and so much piano before I just got had to go for a walk (laughs) yeah after listening to this album i realized i essentially gave you a death sentence it's okay i found out ballads are not my thing and that's a me problem i mean if you like them cool but they've never really been my jam and i think this album sort of in the first half tries to change up pace a couple times and then it just refuses to Hmm, interesting take to jump back, I feel like this is an album that works really well if you listen to one, maybe two songs at a time. But I felt like the bass player was playing the most bog standard, soul kind of gospel inspired bass lines. And I feel like I only got that feeling after listening to the whole album. But it's just, there's some good fills in there. But for the most part, it's like exactly what you would expect. Yeah, that's my take on this album. Like I was saying, the other, her previous albums had more room to shine more fill more yeah contribute whereas this one like you said it it feels like they're just playing it straight yeah they're like do this and then loop it don't Mm -hmm. do anything else do not stand out do not and and they didn't just loop it like you're they do change up fills and stuff but it is just the most it might as well be at that point yeah it's like instead of up down once they cut it in half and went up down twice in the same period of time. Yeah. But didn't really change much. Yeah. Or they pedaled a note a couple times instead of holding it. Yeah. Then they bounce back and forth between that. I think I, I wrote a note on a song that kind of made me go back and write a general thought, which is this album doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. There's no point where I'm listening and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't expect that. I can agree with that. I can. I will like, say, Oh my God surprised me when I first heard it, but it might also be in contrast to everything else that I was hearing in the like top 40 at that time. 
Yeah. It stood out rhythmically as kind of bouncy and kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And I'll get more into Oh My God as a track when we get there. But as it sits in the mix, I agree. There was nothing on this album that took me by surprise. And that might have been the one that I actually wrote that note on. That's one of my top ones on this album, just because it's doing something else. Yeah. And there's sounds on there that aren't on the rest of the album. Yeah. But yeah, just they'll even do like pedal a note and build up to a bridge or something like that. But I feel like everything about it is just kind of it's what you would expect from a song like this. And I even wrote like I called out I talked a lot on the meta modern recording about how it felt very like it sounded like stock country if you weren't paying any attention to it. As you went in, there's like more and more surprises, either in the lyrics or like fun tweaks on something like that. But just everything on this, there's like good telegraphing of what you're going to do musically. And then there's telegraphing like this, where it's putting roadsides up a mile ahead of, and now we're going here. And it never, this album never goes off the path for me. I can agree. I learned something about myself and my musical preferences listening to this album. Yeah. And listening to older Adele stuff, but definitely this album. I like the piano. I I mean, I listen to Jackson Brown, and Jackson Brown plays piano a bunch. Mm -hmm. I have two volumes of a solo acoustic album by him, and half the stuff is just him playing piano. So I don't have a problem with solo piano stuff. But I think what I tend to appreciate is when someone has a version of a song or shows you the version of the song as they initially wrote it when it was just piano. And Mm -hmm. then there's also a different version of that song, more fleshed out, more produced, something like that. I had a hard time appreciating, enjoying, getting into any tracks that were just Adele singing and a piano because I felt like the piano didn't have enough room to do anything. Yeah. In the same way that we were talking about bass or any other instrument being drowned out in the mix, I also felt like the musicians were kind of stifled. There wasn't, there wasn't enough room for a piano or there wasn't the allowance for the piano player to do anything of interest. They were just mm-hmm. there to provide the key. They were there to provide <laughs> the, I don't know, melodic foundation but without any any other interest or any anything else to make it shine the only thing you have to latch on to is Adele's voice and Adele's words and that brings us back to the previous point of the words I see being good or connecting for someone Mm -hmm. but not for everyone it's like how in the early 2000s a lot of parents didn't understand any appeal in new metal, but <laughs> everyone in late middle school, high school loved them some Linkin Park and Stained and Puddle of Mud and Smile Empty Soul and the list goes on and on and on. And there's yep. a reason in that. Yeah. It has to do with the resonance of it. It's the same thing like Nirvana blew up in the 90s because a whole movement started based off of the the outcast feeling yeah that, that punks and grunge kids felt and i get all that so i understand the appeal in the themes but 
just me listening to especially a ballad track of just solo piano, which in my mind typically stands out as a like a an acoustic track or a solo piano track as a a b-side or a later ep release having that be the sole version of the song and it being a song i can't really relate to was really hard for me to like yeah it was no i'm with i think i felt very similarly on that and it's weird because i felt i don't know i find myself going to funk and soul songs a lot and a lot of that a lot of this album is inspired by that but i just couldn't get to it and it felt even the ones that try and go there more it just something about it kind of felt like it just sanded all the edges off yeah i commented that there was something lacking pretty often on track yeah. there was i liked this or the feel of this song is there but there's something missing to really sink the hook in it feels like they're really relying on adele's voice to get it across and for you to connect to which are, again like her voice is incredible on mm-hmm. this whole album but if you're not connecting to the lyrics along with it it's going to be a harder time you know part of that you're already kind of removed from and just it feels like that's what they have going for it it makes me think of all i want for christmas by mariah carey <laughs> okay Because everybody can identify with this. There's not a single person that hasn't heard that song. Yeah. The instruments on that song are important. They are integral to it. If you listen to it, I mean, the bass is in your face. Yeah. It really stands out. Even though it's not complicated, it has this bounce to it. This energy that is just, it carries through to the listener. Yeah. You know, and same thing with the piano. Even though the piano part on that song, if you just listen to it, is kind of boring. It mm-hmm. something about the energy is there. And there's this album definitively lacks the energy yeah. in the music. No, I would agree with you. I had a really hard time the first listen through. I could not get Gold Digger sound out of my head. Okay. And I have two things to say about that. One, One Bridges is a firm fixation in your mind. Yes. Also incredible voice. Oh, yeah. But something we talked about on that album is how often it felt like you were in the room with them. Yeah. And just there's weird vocal ad libs that you're not sure if it was meant to be on the track or just anything like that. And I just wanted anything like that on this album. Yeah, there are there are a few things that seem vocal ad libby and one or two of them, and I comment on it specifically. Well, mm-hmm. they feel rehearsed. They feel too intentional. They're not the sound of somebody going, woo, because they're yeah. really feeling it. They are yep. the sound of someone intentionally working a thing in to add that feel or to create that feel when it's not really there yeah and you can you can tell yeah the other example was shortly after so my wife and i were listening to this while making dinner and i was like you know i would like this a bit more as like a background album and then i don't know halfway through she was just like dude you gotta put something else on this is really bumming me out (laughs) and i i don't know i've been listening to the i think it was 2019 lizzo album 
a bit. So I just, that was in my recent play. So I put that on. And at the end of one of the songs, she's like holding a note and the song ends and you just hear her go, shit, fuck. I didn't know that was ending right there. <laughs> and like, yes, it's produced and somebody like had to, you know, I'm sure they had to sign off on that. And, you know, somebody decided to put it on, but it's still a moment that wasn't planned that they still like put on. I have to say, even if it was planned, there are some musicians who have enough actor in them to pull it off and some that just don't. Yeah. Which is a general comment. It isn't a comment specifically on Adele. It is just a comment that's these moments in music sometimes feel very genuine and yeah. other times do not. Yeah. And I agree that there's some vocal stuff that they could have touched up and that makes it feel like you're in the room a bit, but nothing else does. Yeah. For me. There are times that I think similar to Lizzo, Adele's voice has a feel that is both impressively powerful and capable, yet also mm-hmm. a little rough. And I yeah. appreciate that. I like that. Yeah. I say that as a positive note. Yeah. It's not to say that I wish that they had cleaned stuff up more. Even if they cleaned up vocals, that's not what turned me off about this album. Yeah. Two things about this album. One is an album thought, and one is a thing that I probably should have said at the outset of this. This album is very much commentary for what Adele has been going through as of late with getting divorced, but having a kid and maybe her parents are divorced. I'm not sure. I didn't look into this, but she said that this whole experience has really humanized her parents for her. And so it's very possible that her parents are divorced as well. I think she's talked about how her home life wasn't the best. Yeah. Kind of thing. And she was trying to make a better home life for her kid. That makes sense. And so personally, being the child of divorced parents, my parents divorced when I was 11, when I was in eighth grade, I remember that or seventh going into eighth. And that was a difficult thing for me. And my parents ended up living close enough that I bounced back and forth weekly. Mm -hmm. And in hindsight, I didn't like that because it made me feel like I never really had a home. I was always moving. Mm. It was between two places, but similar to when you go to a hotel for like a work trip or something for a week. And you don't have that thing that you wished you had brought with you. (laughs) That's what it's like every week. Right. It was just kind of not fun in that regard. But that that being said, I there were certain things on this album I could connect with in that regard. Once I framed my mind that way, the first time I listened to the album, that thought wasn't there. But then after skimming through notes and thoughts that she had in that like quoted from that Zane Lowe interview, her saying she thought that this album might really help somebody going through. And she lists off a few situations of depression, anxiety, having divorced parents going through divorce yourself. And I get that. I found it a little insightful thinking Mm -hmm. about or bringing back the remembrance of things my parents likely went through or were going through that I saw maybe didn't see during that time. Yeah. So I personally had some different thoughts on the album because of that. But at the same time, I will say those thoughts, that kind of retrospective 
didn't ultimately make this a good album to me. Yeah. There was some insight. There was some some depth of thought brought about by it. Yeah. But that more made me see that different music works for different people. And it reminded me of a time when I was much younger, 14 probably, maybe 15. I was working in a body shop just as like a janitor, essentially, just sweeping up floors, taking out trash, things like that. And it was the time that Blink-182's Stay Together for the Kids was popular. And that was a song that I understood. I was Mm -hmm. still fairly fresh off parents getting divorced. Thematically, I got that song. And one of the guys in the body shop was like singing it and making fun of it and talking about how it's whiny. And it just didn't sit right with me. Yeah. So even though this album doesn't connect with me in that way, I don't, I don't identify with it. I do not think any less of it because of that, Mm -hmm. because I, I can see that there's more to this album than just it being music or it being talented singing. There's a vulnerability yeah. to it that somebody's probably going to connect with. And I, I respect oh, that yeah. for that person because yeah. I have had emotionally difficult or emotionally challenging and complex life experiences at an early age that I, I get in that regard. So bringing that to the table for a second listen, there were more things that stood out on this album than did on first listen. Okay. I mean, we've said it before. This is, this is our opinion. and. People can agree or disagree. Yeah. Kind of the whole point of doing this is to try and talk about through like what we noticed, what we heard, what worked and what didn't work for us. Yeah. And that means if it worked for you, then great. Yep. And that's good. Like that's yeah. It's ultimately just exploring to, new stuff too, which Right. We really just want people to think about what they're listening to. And if you think about it and you like it, then awesome. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to say that fits in here is Mm -hmm. a thought I had on the album was that this album doesn't feel musically, thematically cohesive. You brought up Gold Digger sound and there's definitely that influence in here, but it doesn't flow throughout the album. It's kind of interspersed every other track or track and then a a gap of a different style of just straight Adele kind of piano stuff back into that gold digger sound Motown or even earlier than that 40s sound Andrew's sister's sound yeah that sort of thing but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it all ties together no there's no feel low like you said, these tracks stand out or these tracks work individually, but as an album, it doesn't feel like an album outside of being vulnerable Adele confessions. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, it doesn't feel like the lack of cohesion is the point. No, it's not Gex. <laughs> Nothing is Gex. No. One thing this album didn't make me think of is Gex. But like that's, you know, sometimes that lack of cohesion is the point and that's not even that's not even it here. No. Nah. So it doesn't flow like, you know, some albums that I think are more well constructed like that and then it doesn't not. I don't know. But 
should we get into it into it i think we should get into it i think we're pretty far into it already (laughs) yeah we've talked a lot and that'll probably cut down our initial commentary on tracks but at the end of it i i think we had more we have more overarching thoughts than we do track thoughts yeah because our overarching thoughts relate to a lot of the tracks on their own Mm -hmm. so i will likely find myself reaching back to comments I've already made and just saying, this is that thing that I didn't like, or this is that thing that I thought could feel different. There are some things that I will say work. Yeah, totally. I will not say that it was all bad, but no. strap yourselves in kitties because it's about to get real. I think in some ways this album was hard for me because it's not, I guess I do this more with movies than I do with music, but I can, I can really like a really bad movie. Because there's like something there, even if the whole time you're like, this sucks. But that's not what this album is. No. I mean, there's ultimately, not this album doesn't suck. I, it's hard no, to say this album sucks. No, I would not say that at all. But in some ways, I think that made it almost harder for me to listen to because it wasn't doing it for me. But it also wasn't. Nothing is standing out as like the problem on this. Aside from just it's a lot of ballads at a piano yes but the rest of the instruments turned down yeah yeah i can agree with that so the album opens with strangers by nature yeah which feels like an intro to me it doesn't feel like a track yeah i mean it even ends with her saying like all right i'm ready or something like that yeah it's a a song length intro it clocks in at three minutes and one second i actually i liked the vibe on this one in retrospect i wish there was Maybe not more of this kind of vibe, but I don't know. She's doing something on this that feels more put together than some of the rest of it. Yeah. And so this track to me, especially on second listen, reminded me of the feel of Justin Timberlake's 2020 experience. Okay. Have you listened to that album? Oh, yeah. Okay. It had that because of the kind of string sweep going for a retro feel like a vintage feel while also having some modern vibe to it it just kind of had that yeah. bit i guess i was taken aback just because i feel like that 2020 experience had changes in sound okay yeah yes this. and i agree it, yeah. <laughs> that album i say it reminds me of i didn't say it's comparable to I yeah. really enjoy that album. Interesting twist that that album does that this album doesn't do is each track seems to have two movements. Yeah. Definitively transitions mid track. It was a really interesting thing to do. Uh, yeah. This track does feel like it transitions. It doesn't just stagnate. This, this specific one, Strangers by Nature, feels like it moves in a way other tracks on this album don't yeah i love the judy garland vibe on it i can agree with that really cool she will also say she said that she was watching the judy garland biopic biopic yep and felt very inspired by that yeah her specific thought Adele quote was, why did everyone stop writing such incredible melodies and cadences and harmonies? Yeah. Which is a good thought. A, a good yeah. question. I also want to point out that she worked with, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this name, uh, Ludwig Goransson. I think that is how you pronounce on this. it. That, this is the only track she worked with him on, though. 
I know. There's another track later on that sounds so much like a joint of his, but it's not. For listeners, he worked with, I think I always want to call out the Childish Gambino on a couple albums, but he did the Black Panther soundtrack and he's doing Mandalorian right now. He did Mandalorian. He also did Book of Boba Fett. Right. He's yeah. His soundtrack works great. Huge his soundtrack work is really good. He definitely um, has a distinct signature. I have a hard time not hearing Black Panther vibes within Mandalorian and especially Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing because I think in terms of feel, he's trying to create a similar feel and that's why that's there. But his work with Childish is great. Like we've said, mm-hmm. we'll get we'll get a childish episode. This track had me hopeful. Yeah, I get that. So I apparently the outro humming is in the same tune as All I Ask from Twenty Five. Okay. Interesting um, tieback. I didn't catch that. Yeah. I quickly listened to it. And yeah, that's the tune. I mean, I skimmed 25. Like, I skimmed 21. Yeah. The organ that this opens with. Mm-hmm. A really cool vocal thing that I saw is in the... Yeah, no, verse two. There's a line. It's like, I'm noticing everything a little bit more. And she drags out... She somehow puts like a hundred syllables into noticing everything. <laughs> Interesting. And that I thought was great. Like, I kind of wish there had been more of that on here. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just a nice little touch. Yeah, she um, she definitely knows how to use her voice. Yeah. She does. It is a strength, a very definitive strength. That's all I have on Strangers by Nature. Do you have closing thoughts on that track? Or I don't. That brings us to Easy on Me, which the transition between songs, this is that, that time where I... I feel like the transitions are hard. Mm -hmm. This sweeping retro feel track, the vibe it creates just drops. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a a smooth transition. And it moves into a song that I think is okay. I thought Easy On Me was okay. I know Mm -hmm. it's a single and... I get what she's getting at. This is that track where, or one of those tracks where having a connection to divorced parents matters in understanding some of the track. But I still think that this is more in line with a song she needed to make to to therapize herself. (laughs) Yeah. If music is your therapy, sometimes things like this, you really just have to get it out. Agreed. And there are lines in it that I think really resonate, but I cut you off. What were you going to say? The opening metaphor is great, honestly. I wrote that down. Mm-hmm. I agree. Music therapy is good. Actual therapy is also good if you can afford it. Agreed. <laughs> I will say. We agree. Just wanted to put that out there real quick. <laughs> Do both. But yeah, I really love this opening metaphor. I think when the song starts, it, it works for me. Yeah. I just don't. I don't know. It doesn't go enough for me. Some of the musical climbs into choruses are cool. Mm-hmm. I kind of think it's interesting that the bass feels like it's like doubling the kick in the second verse on this. There isn't, there's not drums besides like a kick in this, which is kind of, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But also, I do agree that I feel like it's a vibe they kind of overuse on this album. 
because it just feels sparse after a while. Yeah, I commented that a bit. They're on tracks that don't have what I would consider a lot, a lot of production. You go Mm. deeply in the opposite direction where it feels very sparse. Yeah. That's that almost stifling feeling as far as the musicality of it. Which I guess there's something to be said for her trying to work through a divorce and managing to get that feeling into the album. I just wish that that wasn't the only vibe on the album. Yeah. Yeah. In that Zane Lowe interview, she says, while I was writing this album, I just remember thinking of any child that's been through divorce or any person that's been through a divorce themselves or anyone that wants to leave a relationship and never will. I thought about all of them because my divorce really humanized my parents for me. And things like that come through on tracks like this Mm -hmm. in terms of the vulnerability of it. But like we were saying, the, I don't know if the sparseness is there to try to not distract you from that or what. Yeah. I do wonder how much of the sparseness is there to just really emphasize her voice. Yeah. As like from a production standpoint. Yeah. That's how it feels when the instruments are brought way back. Or when they're all blended in together and so nothing stands out as it feels like it's so her voice, nothing takes anything away from that. Because tonally, if you get two things in the same wavelength, in the same frequency frequency range, range, you're going to start muffling something or drowning something out. They start to blur together. And so if you keep everything out of Adele's frequency range, which is is sweeping, it's very wide. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you keep everything out of that range, nothing steals her thunder. Right. But I think that that ultimately hurts the track. Yeah. So, there is one line on this that stood out to me, right. which was when she says, I had good intentions and the highest hopes, but I know right now it probably doesn't even show. I thought yeah. that was a really good line. Yeah. I felt like a lot of people have been there somewhere. We all open our mouth and say stupid stuff unintentionally with the best intentions and so i don't want to take away from some good songwriting here in terms of lyric lyrics i just ultimately think it's missing something yeah i would agree but that's that is that's all for easy on me and we transition back into my little love yeah which this is the one you were talking about with the voice notes right yeah it is. I get more 2020 experience, like retro modern vibes on this one with the production. Yeah. I I liked the bass that I hear in the background, but I wish that it was more prominent. It's yeah, really buried in the mix. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, specifically, nope, sure. this is the track that has it's interspersed with recordings of conversations with her son. This also has the voice memo that she recorded. And I like the sentiments. Yeah. It, I do I, too. It's not that. I, I like when she says, mommy doesn't like anyone like she likes you. Mommy has been feeling big feelings lately. And I, I get all that. But yeah, it, that voice note outro, I think is in some ways kind of powerful. Yeah, it is. It just makes for a song that is hard to be a song. Yeah. It reminds me of moments that work for me, visually better than auditorily. I'm reminded of 
like Minority Report when Tom Cruise is watching hollow videos of his family or yeah or an episode of Black Mirror where they all have little memory hard drives implanted into them and they can watch recordings it's it's a surrogate memory and it records your life and so at the end of the episode a character is walking through his almost empty house and looks into the kitchen and then starts playing a video of a sunlit kitchen with his wife sitting there drinking coffee and then it cuts back to the empty gray overcast kitchen with nobody in it yeah and it reminds me of moments like that those kind of memory snapshots but it ultimately doesn't fully get there for me yeah i mean those scenes that you describe in movies are there solely to just like kind of emotionally manipulate you and pull on your heartstrings and it kind of feels the same way here yeah yeah um i guess it i guess at one point she talked about how she kind of got the the voice note idea of listening to like tyler the creator Hmm. okay and a british rapper that i didn't recognize and maybe it's just an idea that works better in rap in a way or in britain where people aren't vulnerable that's true i forget that she's british just watch the show british people problems really interesting listening to british people talk or complain about lack of vulnerability and stuff like that yeah i like there's like a cool musical dropout in verse two that's interesting Mm -hmm. the choral stuff in the chorus is all right too yeah up until this i've liked the harmony on this album yeah they've been pretty good I mean, they they are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the harmonies are bad or anything like that. I mean, they lend good feel to the song. Yeah. I did have a note. Specifically, I had this thought when she sings, Mama's Got a Lot to Learn, Teach Me, and Mm -hmm. some of the other things. I said that even when I imagine my own mom feeling this way, it still lacks something that connects with me. Mm-hmm. And then I also wrote, maybe she'd appreciate it more. Like, maybe this maybe. is a song for my mom, not so much for me. Maybe. And then I feel like the vulnerable voice memo, hitting on what you were saying, it does feel very real. And I, it makes the song come across more as art than a, just a song, if you give it a chance. As far yeah. as art, I do believe this song stands better than just as recreational music yeah to like circle back quick to the thing i was saying about those scenes in movies i tend to bristle a bit when i can feel somebody like making plays at my heart strikes in a big way like that you know yeah if and it's can... different when it's them doing it on this plane versus doing it when you're watching a movie like an emotional yeah. setup in a movie is intentional to take you on the the movie journey but emotional plays in our i guess real world space makes you defensive because it occasionally feels or or oftentimes feels manipulative even if it's not meant to yeah and i guess in a in a movie you need some of that just to kind of set the emotional stakes yeah a bit you know you don't actually have all that much time so you got to kind of do it but yeah, I, I don't know. I find that I tend to kind of bristle sometimes when I feel somebody reaching that hard. Mm-hmm. That's all I had for My Little Love. It fits the, the retro vibe and feel, but it's, 
it's a unique one. Yeah. And so the next track is Cry Your Heart Out, which opens. It's a new mood. It's a new mood, but I definitively do not like these harmonies. <laughs> I just will be up front and say this track and other tracks on this album that have these very altered to try and replicate the sound of retro recorded harmony singing feel it feels too honky not okay. not honky slang for country person honky mm-hmm. like a goose it yep. i don't like it and it sounds like she's trying to replicate the harmonies for a song like how high the moon was by mary ford and les paul mm. you can find it on the album the hit makers two hit makers two words ended with an exclamation mark there are other songs like sitting on top of the world and a few others mary ford les paul and mary ford really pioneered a lot of recording and and, and engineering things i mean les paul was one of the pioneers of the electric guitar but right. mary ford may i don't i wouldn't go as far as to say she was the first because that would be shooting from the hip but she was one of the early adopters of recording and layering your vocals for harmony instead of recruiting three or four other people to sing with you she would just pre-record vocal layers and because of that effect on the vocals it gets this washed out kind of sound I would recommend you listen to How High the Moon for a, I did. a cool, uh, not not you. I mean, that's great that you did, <laughs> but I recommend anybody go check out How High the Moon for a cool historic reference on what vocal layering feels like. But Dan, do you get what I mean by it's? it sounds like yeah. that, but it's not a good recreation? Yes. This is just really nasally. It's too nasally for my liking. Yeah, it's it's actual like for real obvious vocal manipulation on her voice in this one or somebody else's. I think it's hers though. Um I I kind of liked it and I don't know how much of it is just it's a new vibe. Yeah. But I I get that. It's not for me, but I can see it yeah. being for someone else. Yeah. I I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. This one feels like we took the filter off the bass. Yeah. We're just brought it up more in the mix. I'm not sure which, but yeah, I did think that this track had some nice jazzy bits in there. Some of it still felt buried in the mix. Still not a fan of that. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying. The bass on cry your heart out specifically sounds more prominent. The, the rhythm section though, it, overall drums and everything still feels a bit restrained yeah it does but again a track that i feel like it it's good for somebody yeah it did sound like they were doing bass chords at the end mm-hmm. which i thought was cool get some like thundercat going yeah and i just noticed the bass that like actually doing something you know interesting you bring this. that up i would be really interested to see adele do something with a few other like really prominent musicians. Yeah. Because I I her voice is fantastic and I would be really mm-hmm. curious to see 
what kind of interplay gets developed if you bring in titans of other instruments. Thundercat's a great yeah. example. I don't know. Bring in a really versatile guitarist like Slash or John Mayer. And if you don't if you don't think Slash is versatile, I'm 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 definitely going to do a a Slash episode and I'll bring up some oh, yeah. wild impressive stuff. That man impressed BB King and that's saying something. <laughs> There's a live performance where BB King brings on something like eight or nine guests and mm-hmm. everyone on the stage was shocked first that Slash was there and then was blown away by his ability to just meld into any genre you throw at him. But bring yeah. somebody like that. Yeah. And I would love to see the outcome because I think it would be really good and I think it would overcome a lot of the hangups I have with this album. Yeah. And I mean, there's even I was talking about this with Matt at one point. And there's I mean, a lot of musicians bring in session musicians, but there's like I mean, like all of Motown was done by session musicians and they still let everybody shine in a real way. Whereas this one just feels so wasn't most of Motown stuff the wrecking crew though? Yeah. Muscle Shoals. Right, but they weren't anybody's specific band kind of thing. No, but what I'm saying is like those guys were Yeah, they were incredible. Yeah, there's a whole documentary on the wrecking crew and their ability to really step a track up a couple notches was was widely apparent. But I get I do get what you're saying, and I'm not saying that session no session musicians of today exist that are of that caliber. So I get where you're going with this. I just thought it was funny that you reference like one of the most well-known backing session groups in existence. Yeah, I mean, I reference them because they're the ones that I know because most of them are not well-known and you can't find much info. It's true. (laughs) You really can't. That's Which is... Unless you... The only thing that you can find is the collection or the catalog of stuff that they worked on. I would like to see her with more, more musicians that are kind of in a group setting, I guess. Yeah not a let's feature Adele. Yeah, I just I'm not saying I want Adele to take a back seat. That's not it. Yeah. I just want her to occasionally take a step back. Yeah. I'm sure she like I I've sung before. Sometimes you want to rest. I'm sure she wouldn't hate the rest. <laughs> Probably not. Like sometimes it's cool to see something else step up. A really good example is uh it it stopped me in my tracks. It was Maybe the Grammys. The year was mm-hmm. 2009. Um, or maybe it was 2008. Why? Why? What? No, I think it was actually 2009. So Carrie Underwood performed at a music awards show. And okay. her guitarist for that show was an Australian-based guitarist no one had ever heard of at the time named Orianthe. She has since had a couple solo albums, done some interesting stuff. She's okay. she's got some good stuff, some cool stuff. Mm -hmm. But that moment, Carrie Underwood at one point in the song, like steps back and lets Orianti solo. And she growing up as a guitarist was very, very heavily influenced by Carlos Santana. She plays a similar guitar. She was also really influenced by Steve Vai and other intensely virtuistic guitar players, virtuous, virtuosic. 
maybe that's not the word I'm looking for, but virtuoso guitarist. Uh, yeah. So she steps up and just shreds the bejesus out of the guitar. Just plays okay. an awesome, but really fitting for the style of the song solo in a way that I was, I was on a work trip at the time in a hotel room, just kind of background watching this. And then I just stopped everything I was doing and watched it because this person right. who was not at all on the bill just captivated the entire audience with that section of that song. Mm-hmm. But then Carrie Underwood stepped back up and, you know, did Carrie Underwood's thing. And she's a fantastic singer and did great work with the song. But it's sometimes cool to see moments like that where the singer steps aside and lets someone else take it for a moment and yeah yeah, i i want more of that in this because without that it feels very one-dimensional yeah and it just leaves me wanting something else no i'm with you on that they could even do the singer steps back and then proceeds to play an amazing guitar solo i mean that'd be cool everybody is prince no not everybody is (laughs) is that that, I think I'm good. Yeah, that's that. all I had for Cry Your Heart Cry Out. Your heart. Which brings us to Oh My God. The song that brought us all here in the first place. <laughs> I like this song. It's got a cool intro. This song also, this is like one of the ones on the album that has a different vibe. It does. It has a really different vibe. And I think that this song, in a way, defies my typical thought of Adele is at her best when she's relying on her vocal ability. Because this song has quite a bit of her not really leaning into her vocal power. Mm. But it also shines because it allows some rhythmic diversity. It allows, yeah. it allows the instruments to kind of take, take me away for a little bit. Yeah, The drums are I, great on this song. Yeah. I think it's even kind of interesting, too, that they it feels like they sampled her voice and used that as some of the instrumental work in here. Yeah, I could, maybe I'm I could, wrong. I could see that. But I think I can pick up on some of that. Um, it's like like you can you can get a quick sample of somebody singing a note and then play it like a synth. Yeah. And that feels like what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, a good use of her her voice. Yeah. So I really like that. Yeah. And the the intro it's kind of very sampley feeling on this one it is i can agree with that i do think in the chorus it goes a little too hard like without lyrics i couldn't understand shit about what they were saying (laughs) chorus in this yeah it just is it's like layered to the point of nonsense yeah it's a very busy song made to feel even more busy by the sparseness of the rest of the album yeah but it it works as a single it definitely yeah is is very singleable i think especially in the outro when they bring chorus lyrics back Mm -hmm. with kind of new stuff and do like a playoff back and forth i thought that was very cool yeah i agree the breakdown of the song reminded me and i know that it's kind of a reach but my mind does this from time to time the breakdown kind of gave me a like Beyonce single ladies feel in terms okay. of the, the rhythmic syncopation and, and things like that. It just kind of had that like more danceable feel. Yeah. I think they don't even have somebody playing. I'm sorry. What'd you say? 
it doesn't even feel like they have somebody playing like an electric bass on this one. Mm -hmm. Like it's all like sub bass. Yeah. It and I think this is the track that a lot of people are using when they're trying to justify Adele needing backup dancers. And I okay. I can get that. That's a thing going on on the internet. Like people people will play Adele snippets and dance along to them and it'll be mm -hmm. like their Adele backup dancer tryout. And I can see like like I said, this song feels danceable in a way that most of this catalog does not. Yeah, I get that. So, but that was really all I had on this track. It's fun, decent. Yeah, like I said, it doesn't have Adele vocal power to it, but in a way, no. it's a welcome break, especially because it feels like the track is carried by other things. Yeah. So, so that is all I have on. Oh my God. Stands out. Me too. It's good. Catchy. Yeah. And that brings us to Can I Get It? This song sent me down a rabbit hole. Okay. So this song opens with an acoustic guitar. And mm -hmm. the rabbit hole I went down was trying to figure out where I had heard this before. Because the chord progression okay. sounds really interesting. Not, I shouldn't say interesting. The chord progression sounds really familiar. What I ended up okay. thinking was actually based off a suggestion my wife had which she found from the internet then my wife said that some people are saying it sounds like mary jane's last dance i don't disagree one of the big differences is that this is kind of a music nerd thing mary jane's last dance also known as danny california as far as chord progressions go is a four chord progression All right. this is a three chord progression but okay dropping instead of so it it plays a chord it plays a different chord and then it plays a third chord and instead of changing to a fourth chord it plays the third chord again for another right. bar it does sound like mary jane's last dance though so i'll i ended my search at that but that was that was all sparked by the first four seconds of this song <laughs> and before getting into any other thoughts i will step aside and ask what did you think of this song what did you think of Can I Get It? My first note on the guitar was Anyway, Here's Wonderwall. Um, <laughs> which it isn't so much that. I just wasn't expecting the solo guitar sound. I wasn't either up until this point on the album. Yeah. What I then wrote was actually it sounds more like Whitey Ford's about to tell me what it's like. Yeah, I mean it's... No reaction it, to that. I, I didn't... <laughs> I. It was hard for me to react because, like I said, when I was going down my rabbit hole, I actually... When I do these things, when I try to match stuff up because it matches in my mind, I go to the song mm -hmm. and I A-B comparison them. Yeah. So what it's like wasn't similar because it's individual notes mostly. Yeah. But I also can completely get the comparison of saying Whitey Ford's about to tell me what it's like. I get that. This song just has a definitively say, different tempo or a definitively different like feel to it yeah yeah but it uh, was unexpected yeah it was it is a different feel this this song falls into the the lack of cohesion on this album yes this is the song that actually had a point when i realized i was musically surprised though this was the and this was the song that made me realize that was something that i was missing from everything before that okay so what we're six tracks in and this was the first one where i was like 
Oh shit, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Which was the the kind of like hit and build um uh, on mine in the pre-chorus into the chorus within the the full cut. Mm-hmm. Which isn't anything like super crazy production wise, but I didn't it's not something that this album had done previous. Yeah. I went, huh, huh. I think this song, similar to Oh My God, I have that thought of it's Adele not leaning into just belting it out and wowing you with vocal prowess. Yeah. And I I want that. I want more of that. But at the same time, this song felt like it wasn't sure what it wanted to be. No, I... It had like a Mumford and Sons folk feelish. It had yes. the loose openness of a fun single. Fun the the group. Yep. Um, yes. <laughs> the whistling sounded really familiar, but also kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I wrote millennial pop whistling yeah because i think you'll just find it in anything probably circa 20 early 20 aughts uh-huh. or 20 like i don't know i commented that about the acoustic bits they they sounded like aughts pop yeah uh maybe not like 20 aughts but like the whistling is just very like 2013 yep. 14 12 somewhere in there yeah and then the horn so the horn broke me in terms of like musical comprehension of this song there is i was wondering if we're going to talk about the horn because i have things to say about the horn there is a horn honking panned hard left in the second verse and at the end of the song honking only left only honking it. it reminds me of the video of that i've seen on tiktok on youtube of People playing baritone sax with traffic cones shoved in them. The band, it might be the band Brass Against, or I might be mashing together two things. But it's people just overemphasizing the honkiness of the these honky instruments, which is not bad in a more emphasized setting. But this thing is so buried in the mix that I don't get why it's just lightly rumbling in my left ear. Yeah, as I put it, there's a horn farting in my ear. Yes, and I don't get it because this song in its feel doesn't need a horn. No, it doesn't. Or if you're going to have it... Let it be a horn. Don't... Yeah, like let it exist and not just... Yeah, I don't I get it. I have very strong feelings about the goose that appears on this track. It does not <laughs> belong. So that's my ultimate feeling on this track, is this track doesn't know what it wants to be, and that makes it actually less compelling, despite being surprising and having some surprising moments. I like the guitar. I think that the moment where it drops out and just strums hard, despite being a pop cliche, works even the chorus moving into the whistling with the bounciness like as a pop track goes i get it and it's it works yeah it just feels like they threw everything and the kitchen sink at it yes which is weird because again i feel like we talked a lot about how this album this album has a weird 
it's hard to talk about this album and not call it sparse. And then there are points when this album decides not to be sparse and I wish it was sparse again. It's an odd lack of commitment to what it thematically wants to be. Yeah. This song does not fit the retro vibe that the album has set up, but no. it also doesn't fit the piano ballad vibe. Like this song on a, on an album of this and Oh My God would be fitting. Yeah. But then when you throw in Easy On Me or later on we have To Be Loved or even the next track, I Drink Wine. They don't, they yeah. don't mesh well. It's odd. They don't. I always want to say that I like them just because they it is something on this album that isn't like solo piano and a ballad. Also, I don't actually want this. <laughs> Agreed. I want sort of this more. Mm-hmm. I want this to be a springboard. I want more. I want another attempt at this kind of a an ambition. Yeah. And I hope that maybe when we get 34 or 35 or whenever Adele decides to make a new album, maybe we get there. 32? I don't know. But maybe this is a growing thing. It's a rebuilding year. Maybe. I was going to say, it's hard to tell how much of this is because the label didn't want to only do an album of ballads and how much of this, I don't know. I, I would like to see her come back to this and kind of do it more cohesively, but I sometimes wonder. I have one closing thought on this track. The whistling reminds me of Tom's diner by Suzanne Vega. (laughs) Eventually remixed and revived by DNA, which is the version that I know best. But if you don't know Tom's Diner, you can look it up or you can just go do, 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 And then you've got Tom's Diner. So, so we're going to move on to I Drink Wine. Indeed. I'll let you kick this one this off. Is... What do you think? <laughs> this is where I gave up the first listen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess we're doing an Elton John thing. Her delivery on the bridge is actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I guess she was trying like a Barry Manilow trick where she sings the chorus is slightly differently every time it comes back, which, yeah, hmm. I guess. Interesting. Okay. I don't know. This song just, honestly, even going back to it, I, I don't have much. It just kind of, it feels like it exists to bring back the original vibe of, vibe of the album. Yeah, I agree with that. It's There are some sentiments of empowerment on it that, again, are probably good for some people outside of that i felt similar issues to other songs like this on the album where the musicians felt just kind of stuffy and stifled and i did specifically note that the harmonies on this song actually suck life out of the song because her harmony vocals are almost monotone yeah by being the lower register of her range and being fairly monotone, not offering movement to the vocals, it actually makes the focal the focal point of the song being the vocals feel more lifeless. Yeah, and so it ultimately makes a song that just comes off as mm, okay, I guess. Yeah, I specifically want to call out one review who said that she was getting wildly funny with the line. When I was a child, everything could blow my mind, soaking it all up for fun. But now I only soak up wine. See, which I heard that <laughs> line and I just felt kind of sad. Yeah, same. I didn't think it was funny. No, that's like a that's a cry for help. It is. 
And so a line like that, I don't, I don't find it funny. I think it's, and I, I don't think she meant it to be funny. No. I kind of think that she means it as a juxtaposition between being a child where the world was full of wonder and everything was interesting to now being an adult where she's trying to drown that out and escape or drown out yeah. the world and escape. And all she does is drink wine and that's not healthy. It's right. not healthy. Even if you want to read it as a joke, it is at best a like, eh? Yeah. Joke? Yeah. There's honestly better jokes on this album. <laughs> yeah. But that's all this... I had on this track. I didn't, it's not, I don't know. It fits that, it fits into the mold of tracks on this album that are sparse, piano driven, and okay. Yeah. Or Adele's voice driven. Yeah. Supporting instruments are just, supporting characters they feel like lineless extras i could not and again this comes into that like it's the i have nothing bad about to say about it really but i don't have anything good either yeah it's just here yeah so then we move on to all night parking this song made me so mad i can agree with that and i think that we have to fully explain why yes it's not the song itself that makes us mad it's the no I don't know. Take it away, Dan. So, okay. So I'm going to go through my journey on this, which is like, whoa, we've got samples. I can tell that because it has a featuring. This is cool. I can hear the grittiness. There's like a cool little like flux at the end before the the vocals come in, like Mm -hmm. the little instrumental intro. I was like, that's really cool. I like this. It's got a good lo-fi feel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a sample nerd, so I'm like, let me check out what Errol Gardner song she was sampling. At which point, Who Sampled points out that it is not a song that she is sampling. It's a song that somebody else sampled, because this whole song... No, I will say they gave the guy Reddit credits, but even in reviews of this album, I could only find one review that mentioned it, and I read, I don't know, five of them? This song, this is just somebody else's song. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. To the point where I, I even noted, I was like, man, there's like a weird dropout of like the sub and it happens halfway through a verse and it doesn't, it just kind of comes back in. It doesn't fade back in. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense placed in the song to me. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up and it says, oh, Adele's All Night Parking samples. Uh, Joey Pecorano's Finding Parking from 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I hit play to see where the sample was, and it's just the song. Oh, yeah, it's exactly that's it's like she heard the song and then just started singing over it and was like, Ooh, I can do this. Yeah, I think they put some like choral synth in the chorus that's not there, maybe. Do and I will say, Errol, this do you think Errol Garner did the mix on it? No. No, okay. Finding Parking, the Joey Pecorano song, samples No More Shadows by Errol Gardner. Oh. So you can continue to trace it back, but that makes it even weirder that they sampled... They, okay, so to be clear, Adele gives writing credits on this song. But I find it weird that the width is for the sample, that the other the song that she just bought samples. Yeah, it's an odd, 
collection. And this this gets us back into like sampling and music copyright and things like that. Maybe by some copyright agreement she had to put with Errol Garner, but only give songwriting credit to other people. I don't know. Yeah. But what I think happens is it takes a track that on its own sounds really good yeah. and makes what initially sounds good on the track sound bad. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I think there's, you know, part of being a music producer is wanting people to buy your beats and like rap over them or sing over them. Yeah. So I'm not saying like, I get that that's kind of the income stream here, but the fact that it, something about the fact that it name checks Errol Gardner and like, like I said, I read like read and watched a bunch of reviews of this album and one of them mentions this Joey's name. One of them. So it's not even really like he got a lot of exposure from this. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird to me. I hope they paid him a bunch of money. I also hope that I do. I don't... Uh, so my take on this track is that when you listen to just the instrumental, the, the track Finding Parking, yeah, it sounds jazzy in that like improv kind of like flourishes and trills it has some of that like rhythmic stumble to it where there's there are little like breaks in the playing or you have like a trill like a but it all sounds together it fits something about it all fits together the piano is front and center so anything the piano does sounds more intentional. Mm -hmm. When you put Adele's vocals on it, which are fairly clean and put together, yep. um, as far as the, the rhythmic feel of them, it makes the piano sound more sloppy. It makes yes. the piano's trills and, and flourishes and stumbles feel out of place, almost to the point where it seems like Adele put a kid on piano who knows how to play the main parts fairly well, but then she was just like, or the producer was like, when it comes to like any fills, just kind of smash the keys wildly. And they just kind of bang on the piano a little bit and then go back <laughs> to playing things in time. It sounds really out of place. Yeah. And I don't like that. I think it actually makes the track just worse. Yeah. Yeah, those, those are my thoughts on it. I was not happy. I wasn't. I initially thought the track was kind of eh, like it wasn't very good to begin with. I thought I don't think I made notes until after you had me listen to Finding Parking. But my initial notes on the track before listening to Finding Parking were that I just didn't didn't really like it. It sounded kind of all over the place, like yeah. the musicians it seemed like the musicians didn't care or they were just sloppy. That's lo-fi hip-hop, baby. And that's that's fine on its own. <laughs> but when you put Adele in there, there's just something about her voice that doesn't... And her voice isn't lo-fi. No. They didn't no. put like a lo-fi filter on her voice. That might yeah. have helped. Nope. Yeah. And this track yeah. has the harmonies I don't like. It's got the nasally harmony. They're like very that. nasally on this track. Yeah, it really feels like they bought the beat and then just kind of had her sing over it and just really didn't like do anything to change up how the song sounded to get it to fit 
on the album better. Agreed. And I, I went in kind of high on this one because of the change in the instrumental and then was just incredibly bummed out once I dug into it further. Yeah, it it does at least fit the retro feel from yeah. the opening of the album. And so if we were dividing the album into two or three distinctly different albums, it at least fits one of those molds. Yeah. But I just can't. I ultimately, I don't like this track. <laughs> it's self-defeating in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I That's agree. all I had on All Night Parking. Cool. All I have is I didn't, I ultimately walked away not liking it. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I, I felt like I went on a journey just to get mad at the song. And again, like, ah, you scroll comments and everybody's thanking Adele for introducing people to Errol Gardner. It's like, I, I know I'm getting mad at something that happens all the time. It just feels like, I don't know, there's something about his name coming up in the samples and not the person who actually wrote the song that just rubs me so well. Yeah, I have to, what, I guess, what part is Errol Garner contributing? Uh, the piano. Okay. But. So... The lo-fi, the lo-fi filter and everything else is by Joe. I mean, it's a 1964 album. Okay. That he's sampling and it's a live one. So there's definitely a bit of hiss if you just like play the video. Okay. And stuff. So, yeah. So what is Joey's contribution to it? The beat in the background. Mm, okay. Mm. And the loop. Okay. It does sound like he actually sampled it too, or put like a vinyl plug-in or something like that on it. Because okay. like it sounds like vinyl in his loop. That's interesting. So in when I look way. on on Apple Music, the writing credits are just Adele and Errol Garner. That's messed up. That's the only writing credits on it. And I think the beat is important. Yeah, especially when it's almost like the entire track has already been curated for you. Yeah. I think that would be important to call out. It's odd that it's not. Yeah. Very odd. But so, that moves to... us into Woman Like Me, which I think fits the the mold of kind of it 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 straddles the mold of kind of a not adventurous but modern sounding or or trying to kind of be like fit a modern sound if you can define a modern sound at this moment, because we're kind of all over the place. Yeah. But also being that just straight Adele tune, because it starts out pretty stripped down. It does. I've heard this formula a lot, this specific guitar tone and washed out vocals being the intro to the song. It reminds me of City in Color by, Mm. you know, Dallas Green of Alexis on Fire has his, as a side project he calls city in color it has that kind of a feel to it oh the intervals or the way that the the guitar notes are played reminds me of a slowed down sadder tempo of the boy is mine by <laughs> monica and brandy or brandy and monica depending on who you prefer or whose part you like to sing uh, yep. but yeah it that those were my initial thoughts as the song kicks off yeah i wrote this was after a point where i came back to this album Mm -hmm. i wrote that i was begging for this album to do another tone change up and i that wish was not fulfilled (laughs) yeah 
So that was funny to see that note and be like, oh. This song, it's good for somebody. Yeah. She's kind of Marvel mouthy in a way that I thought was interesting. Because uh, it's not. That's not her thing. Again, it, yeah, it's so yeah. clean on most of this album. Yeah. I thought it was interesting lyrically that she's not pissed in the same way, just kind of done with it all. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. But even though, like, I read that even though, like, one more time ad lib, I guess. This is the the specifically what I was thinking as like a rehearsed ad lib. Yeah. It's so nothing. <laughs> yeah. It feels rehearsed. Mm-hmm. It's, I wrote, it's like when you go to a really, like a, a restaurant that's fancier and they're really focusing on plating and everything, and somebody like slices off the tiniest little slice of basil leaf and then gives it a curl and puts it on with tweezers. It's like going for that, but that. That's not going to make the dish. These ad-libs don't do anything for the song that just make me think about how carefully constructed the whole thing feels and not in a in a really like overcomplicated way. Yeah, I was. So when I was listening to this, I don't know which one of these I want to say first. So actually, I'll, I'll say this part that I was about to say after I say this. <laughs> okay. And I'll touch back to the Zane Lowe interview. She says that. This album is for my son, Angelo. I knew that I had to tell his story in a song because it was very clear he was feeling it, even though I thought I was doing a very good job of being like, everything's fine. But I also knew I wasn't being present. I was just so consumed by so many different feelings. And he plucked up the courage to very articulately say to me, you're basically a ghost. You might as well not be here. What kind of poet is that? For him to be little and say, I can't see you to my face broke my heart. That's really heavy. That is. I say that in juxtaposition to a thought my wife had listening to this album, specifically during this song or when this song closed. She said, I wonder how it feels to be her son and have an album that's just mommy dogging on daddy. Yeah. And that hit me in a very different way. Again, having listened to parents do that. This you could you could say some kind of justification of maybe this song isn't about him or maybe this song is about some other guy, but it's it can't be. It's not. It's oh no, it's about him. And I think she even says it. Yeah, and so it's it's one of those things where that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, it's like a it's a disguised diss track, maybe. Yeah. Yep. But it's a diss track for it is sure. A diss track. I ultimately found it lacking something. It has empowerment. It has strength to lend to someone. But musically, I found it kind of, it, it's sparse. It's, it's just kind of too stripped out. And then, yeah. like you said, with the ad-lib vocal at the end, I thought the end felt like they didn't really know how to end the song, so they just faded it out. <laughs> yeah. It just yeah. fades out. The track itself they pull the instruments back and then they just start fading the whole track out and then it ends that's it it just felt kind of lazy yeah kind of without direction that's just yeah that's how it left me feeling at the end i totally get that the track was woman like me by the way i don't think we mentioned that but yeah and that yeah it's okay 
Yeah, it's another one I don't have a lot of notes for because it just it just is. It felt like they were kind of finding ways to make the album longer. Yeah, yeah. Which eh, I guess it it's an album coming in at like an hour, but I don't know. Yeah, it's fifty eight minutes. It's just shy of which isn't a bad album length. It feels adequate. We've listened to shorter albums. There definitely exist shorter albums, but I feel like you could lose lose a couple tracks on this and probably but the last two tracks are like six and a half minutes long each yeah true so it when you start cutting tracks you start cutting a lot of meat pretty quick yeah on some of the tracks it's a 12 track album i mean i feel like the last couple tracks are the ones that people at least like reviews i feel like were calling out the most like for as far as good tracks yeah hmm. interesting yeah, a lot of people seem to really like the back half of this album. Mm. Again, I piano ballads are not my thing, so I yeah can't speak to it really some being my, my favorite. On the, some of my complaints on the later tracks are that they do the same things that I found issue with in earlier tracks with muted musicians and, and just eh, the feel is not there. Yeah. I think that's actually a good transition into track 10, Hold On. Because this is another piano heavy intro. Half the song is the the very sparse piano instrument instrumental side that we've been talking about. Yeah. It's sparse. It's got some echoey call and response on it. I really liked that, actually. Yeah. There's like the secondary vocals sound far away in a real way that I thought was actually kind of interesting to hear on this. I could see that it it is a different effect that isn't used so much. I did note though that these this feel kind of drags the album down. Like one or two songs like this, you can pick the feel back up, but this album kind of ebbs and flows between vintage the vintage situation and trying to kind of lift a mood and then kind of tanking it with this. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. I said these tracks or tracks with this kind of a feel are vulnerable, but they're a downer if you're not already feeling this way. So. Yes. Yeah, for sure. This song this is ha- or this, this, yeah, this track has build to it. It does. There's a definitive transition. Yeah. I, this is the one where she talks about how the, she got a chorus of her friends. Oh, okay. Come in and sing mm-hmm. her whole thing. The thing they're singing is what my friends used to say to me. That's why I wanted them to come in and sing it rather than an actual choir. Hmm. Could you tell? No, I couldn't. Same. I, didn't, I mean, that's a, it's a nice sentiment. It's a great sentiment, but it, again, just feels so overproduced that it just, it's cool to hear. But if I have to be told that in your music, why didn't you make it stand out more, I guess? Yeah. Or just maybe don't yeah. say it. So. I thought on my listening that I liked the build, but the build suffered from the same issues of the other instrumental stuff where it's overproduced, which ultimately leaves the music feeling a little flat. Yeah. Something about the music is less impactful. So then while listening to it with my wife, my wife said that this song feels disingenuine and that when this song when it builds and the bass comes in and everything, it feels like the turning point of a commercial. 
<laughs> she said that once you got the bass and the drums coming in and everything, just imagine an AT&T commercial or a Verizon commercial where it overlays with a vocal of now more than ever, connection is important. Get a free mm-hmm. phone with any family plan. It's like she said it's the post-pandemic heartstring pull that really does it. It just doesn't feel right. So that sent me, well, she she was almost convinced it was in a commercial. So then she just took okay. to the computer and started digging. And it's actually how this song was debuted before this album even released. Oh. It is. And you can Google exactly this. Kindness, the greatest gift, Amazon holiday ad. And it's two neighbors in a city and one's younger, one's older. And one, the younger one seems pretty depressed. And the older one hears on the radio that anxiety is peaking around the holidays. And at the end of the ad, she sends her a bird feeder because the younger one saw her feeding birds in the park and was kind of, I don't know, took notice of it. Yep. Yep. And it does, it does exactly what she was describing. My wife was describing where when it starts off with the soulful, sad sparseness to really play up the depression. And then once she receives the Amazon package is when the drums and the bass kick up. And that's when you get that heartstring lift feel. Oh, this is, yeah, this is one of those commercial song is how it really feels. And I think I, I think it feels that way because of the excessive production. Yeah. Yeah. It's just my personal last thought on it was I just want any other bass part on this song. The bass feels so flat and lifeless. This is the one where I was like, this is what this bass player has mostly been playing on this whole album. Yeah. I just, it's just drowning. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not smothered in the mix. I, I can't like this song. I can't. Yeah. And if you're going to smother it in the mix, like, I don't know, play the bass through the piano more or something, but like, yeah. Cause the way the bass feels, it's like, it wants to be more prominent. Yeah. In part, in in playing in tone it i just can't i can't with this one i also want to um a couple of these in looking through this album on a lot of these tracks were premiered before the album came out like a lot of them okay which i kind of have my own thoughts on just doing a press tour where you leak the album in parts to different outlets but it feels like the songs were created to exist on their own. Yeah. Not yeah. as an album. Which I think kind of might be the case with this. But yeah. Yeah. This one got previewed for Vogue, who I think is the worst offender of this from the stuff that I read, where this song was described as a joyous anthem. Is it? Like maybe eventually, but for most of it, I just wrote like, this is your joyous song on this album. I want a live version of this song where you get more tone from everything going on. Yeah. I would like to hear that. I think that some, if you give some more voice to everything else going on in the song, it might liven it up. Yeah. The Vogue, the Vogue article also described my little love, you know, the one where she has a bunch of yeah 
voice voice notes from her son as having a sexy 70s groove, which isn't wrong, but uh, let's not use those words for that song. It it I think it does a disservice to sexy 70s groove. Yeah. Yeah, hold on. Just doesn't do it. No. Nope. It does. But that nope. moves us into To Be Loved. And I think this should have been the last track on the album. Yeah. I don't necessarily mean the album needs to stop here and not continue on, but I most definitely think the last two trap tracks could have been flipped. This has I would that, agree with that. This has that like really distinct closer feel. It's the yeah. su- it's the summary. It's the conclusion. Yeah, even lyrically it's kind of there. Yeah. yeah, it's a song all about let it I mean the most definitive line of the whole song is let it be known I tried. Yes. Yep. It's definitely for someone. It's definitely therapeutic. It's it has a lot of the characteristics that I realized I don't really like in a standalone song. But as mm-hmm. a last track on an album it would be it would be okay. Yeah. As not the last track, I, I, it feels like a different statement to me. Yeah. And this was the track that I listened to that I, I had that thought of solo piano stuff for me is a specifically sought out thing versus an original recording kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. If she had released like full, more full versions of these and then kind of done stripped down piano ballads that might have been kind of cool but as it is when this is just the song that you get yeah yeah this definitely showcases her vocal prowess though it yeah but vocally it's impressive one of my notes is that her voice is good enough where she can do things other than ballads yeah like (laughs) i don't i don't need an album of ballads to prove that your voice is good you've done it on previous albums Mm -hmm. and definitely show it off on tour yeah. That's cool too. Yeah. But um okay, this is a song I I will say I was kind of having a bad time by this point with this album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you put the another slow piano ballad, it's like a the BPM is like 103 or something like that. Uh-huh. But I realized that the piano is just kind of like it's playing chord and she sings some lyrics and then like I don't I wasn't really counting it but it's like a chord and you really hear the chord then it sits and then there's another chord and sits and i realized that what i want more from this kind of song is like play stranger chords yeah chords that don't feel like they fully resolve as much yeah because she she builds to something here in the lyrics of like kind of coming to terms with everything and i think if you had started stranger and felt more off and then built to kind of very you know like major or even minor but worked in very like clear resolve. chords yeah, yeah that resolved more i think it would just be a better song yeah my on the listen through with my wife my comment on this track was that it any it's almost like a person who doesn't know how to play piano could play this song. Yeah. The piano is only there to map out the the 
key of the song. I know I said this in the beginning about yeah. I don't remember what I I know that these words have left my mouth already, but this one specifically, the piano has almost no purpose. Yeah. Almost. Because like you said, it pads, it plays a chord and then just lets it hang and she sings, which lends more attention to the message of the song. Yeah. And Adele's vocals, but mostly the message of the song, the declarative nature of it. And I get that, but that's why I say it feels so much like the last declaration. Yeah. The closer, the Adele saying all she has to say. She's laid the cards down. This is it. Yeah. But it also feels like the post-breakup montage music of a Hallmark movie. <laughs> You're going to do a search and find a Hallmark I mean, it movie very though. well might be. Adele is everywhere. It's the, it's the... It just, it had that, that quality of background music while somebody's, I don't know, walking through the city after their breakup, reflecting on things. Yeah. And that's not bad, but... The fact no. that my mind went there made me kind of feel like the music was lacking something that my mind had to fill in. Yeah, I think that's why, I don't know, her vocals are so impassioned on this. I feel like they, I know she plays, I think, guitar and piano. It almost feels like they just like took her, her take of, uh, obviously they like, I don't know, cleaned it up or something. But it just feels like they took her like sketching out a song. Mm-hmm. piano and just use that as the piano and it's like if you're gonna overproduce an album at least like try and tell a story with the production instead of just like doing a song where the music just sits yeah i see if you look at writing credit on this album it's split halfway through between okay. i'm pulling it up now so i can actually quote who it is but the first half of the album aside from the ludwig track it is between i know that somebody the, from salute worked on this album so matt if you look at oh my god oh my god is credited to max martin and shellback but okay. beyond that greg kirsten did the front half of the album the mm. first or, or a couple like four or five songs and yeah. then on the back half it is credited to dean josiah cover and it's interesting that there's that split between front half and back half of album yeah i just i find it odd that people are saying they prefer one half to the other yeah i think the tracks are pretty evenly split between greg kirsten and dean josiah cover those are the two prominent names across it aside from a Max Martin track and Errol Garner track, a Ludwig Gorenson track. But I'm wondering who. To be loved just feels a little like it needs something else and a little yeah. like it's sitting in the wrong spot on this album. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I think my thing is that I know she's working with talented producers on this. It's just, I must wish they would have stepped out of the way a bit more yeah i don't know if it's that they need to step out of the way i don't know if we needed a more more cohesive production instead of having a couple different people working in different sections i'm not sure exactly what it needed because i wasn't i I had no part in the process but it's 
there's something going on here that I think negatively contributes to the overall album. Yeah. But um so moving into the final track, Love is a Game. Yes. This brings us back to that sweeping vintage feel. Yeah, she bookends it with kind of Judy Garland invoking songs. Yeah. But the bookend to bookend a what almost feels like a completely random jumble of songs at times doesn't feel necessary. Yeah. That's why I say we could swap this and to be loved. Love as a game could have been the second to last track and I would be equally as pleased Mm -hmm. equally as accepting of, of it. Um, but that's partly because it brings back the harmonies. I don't like, (laughs) and I want the musicians, especially on this track to cut loose. Hmm. And they, they can't. Nope. They're just tied down. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot happening on this one, which I guess it's nice that it's not just solo piano. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like that she was singing like lower in her register than she usually does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it really just, I think by this point, I was just kind of, she's very talented vocally, but that doesn't hold through like a 12 track album. I can agree. It doesn't it doesn't keep me invested for a 12 track album. Yeah. I know it did for a lot of people, but I mean that's that's good. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad people are finding music that they like. Yeah. And can listen to, especially for an album. I still I mean that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast, but I still subscribe <laughs> to an album being able to stand on its own. Yeah. Like a front of a front to back album is a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's fun to quote movies. It's fun to imagine individual scenes or show your friends individual scenes from movies. But (laughs) ultimately, to be able to make a movie instead of just make a sketch comedy bit is an accomplishment in of itself. Yeah. Yeah. I just, mm, I don't know. I wanted it to go. I wanted parts of it to pull back and I wanted parts of it to go so much further yeah yeah this song had a an air of old christmas recordings to it <laughs> it does something about it like all the qualities of it just felt yeah like that i don't know the song just ultimately feels eh my total encompassing thoughts are the song was just kind of eh and then the bass kicks up and it all kind of comes up and then fades out, and then we're just done. The album yep. just ends. Yeah. Love is a game for losing, and then that's that's that. Or love is a game for fools to play. That's it. Yeah. And I ain't fooling. What a cruel thing to self-inflict that pain. I, I guess lyrically it's a closer. I Just looking now, her last lines are, I love me now like I loved him. I'm a fool for that. You know, I know I'm going to do it again like I did then. So lyrically, it it's growth and closure. And I guess if you consider wanting to end on a positive note instead of a declarative finality, yeah, it kind of gives that uplift. But it also lends itself to the disjointedness of the album. Yeah. So yeah. you could dig in and you could artistically justify and say, 
ultimately people are disjointed. We're a mess, just like Adele says that she's a mess. And and we are such a blend of feelings, emotions, wants, needs, etc. that that this album lends itself to that. And you could arguably make a case for that. Mm. But musically, as far as like a whole vibe, a whole feel, I'm just left wanting more cohesion. Yeah, same. I'm just wanting more. Yeah, yeah. But I guess, and not in the way where I'm like, give me like a, the 30 track version of this. Like, no. no, like do something. But I guess the points when they do something are also, they're something I like because it's a tone change on the album, but they're not my favorite songs on the album either. No. So, yeah, I guess I just don't, this is not an album for me. I guess is kind of where I come around on it and that's okay. But I think yeah. those are my last feelings too. And two, it's a two, it's the same words with two meanings. This isn't an album for me. This isn't an album for me in terms of my musical taste and, mm-hmm. and what I, what I ultimately seek out as far as a whole album. But on top of that, the sentiments on this album ultimately aren't an album for me. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Not everything has to be for everybody. No, no. But I think that it's good to have something Yeah. for somebody. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening. We know everybody asks you to do this, but if you could subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice, or even just tell a friend that you think would be interested in checking us out, it really does help. So thanks very much in advance for that. If you have suggestions, you can email us at lastvestigepod at gmail.com. Thanks very much, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.